to our podcast. Um, today's topic is quite serious and something that all three of us believe in. We are allies with Black Lives Matter. Um, racism has been rooted in America since the beginning, and we will be giving recaps of the origin of the BLM movement and then discussing our thoughts and opinions on the matter. I hope you all can either get educated on this um, very real topic and or resonate with the thoughts that we all have. So, uh, if you guys do not know, what is Black Lives Matter? What is that movement? So, Black Lives Matter is a social justice movement that's mission is to protect Black life from conception to death by confronting injustice and deconstructing barriers inside and outside the, the Black community through a national platform of training, networked, networked resources, community organizing, and faith building. So around 2013, there's three female black organizers. Their names are Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi. They created the Black Lives Matter movement. Patrice Cullors is Alicia's friend. Um, they began the hashtag of BLM and made it trending on social media. Um, it began because of the shooting of Trayvon Martin, a teenage boy who was walking from his brother's fiance's house and he had an altercation with a 28-year-old man named George Zimmerman, who was out on a neighborhood watch. Um, not just his death, but there's so many more deaths a part of it, uh, motivating the movement to push harder and harder. And some of their names are Michael Brown from Missouri, Eric Garner from New York, Breonna Taylor from Kentucky. There is so many more lives that were taken during and before the start of this movement, and they also matter as well. The hashtag Black Lives Matter is a huge stepping stone to this movement. It was created on March 7, 2013. Uh, the hashtag just skyrocketed after the killing of George Floyd on May 5, 2020. So that's just a couple of information for you guys, if you guys did not know. Um, for us, I'll ask the question, why do you believe in BLM? Um, where do I start? Black Lives Matter. When I first heard the hashtag of Black Lives Matter and um, first saw on media the uh, deaths of all the names that you've said earlier. Um, how do I say it? It was a very sad feeling. I feel as if um, Black Lives Matter has been something even before just like the when just before the hashtag is created. I feel like it's some something that has always been happening, right? The, the, uh, the racism and brutality of the deaths of black folks, right? And it's something that you hear and you see in the media all the time and every day. And um, we all know that like, a lot of the times these sort of incidents and murders they get pushed aside and or they get just 
put on the news for a brief few seconds and then is never heard of again, right? And and when when folks started to bring more attention to bringing out and finally, not finally, but bringing out and um, what's the word? Putting on blast that we need, we really, really, really need to do something about this to the world, right? It's it's a sort of like feeling that like justice is starting to really happen, right? Not just justice, but like human rights. Yes, right? human rights as well. It's something is finally being done about it at a, at a point where everybody is universally can be connected to it. I feel like social media really helped the movement a lot mm. by spreading the word, right? Because mm -hmm. during the time of COVID, that's basically like a really big way of how we communicated, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the communication was way greater. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, son? Um, I feel like, because uh, I'm also like in this field of work too, and so like, um, we know, I mean, I know that it's wrong To what am I trying to say? Okay, well, <laughs> um, I was just thinking that like if you could get angry at um, knowing that like a close person of yours like had died, knowing that you know the injustice of it, then why can't we be angry when you know, especially when it's a black person, a black or brown person who is being killed, you know, and they we should feel the same amount of anger if we because that could be someone really close to us right and um and i strongly believe that because you know their lives matter and you know and it's wrong because we aren't free if the black and brown folks aren't free mm -hmm. first right because because it, it all starts with them and, and then it, it ends with them right not saying that they should end racism because they didn't start racism, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I believe in BLM because I, I think that every voice deserves to be heard. And I think that in the black and brown community, their voices have always been suppressed because the media has always been surrounded by white culture, white people, mm -hmm. you know, that white yeah. community. And for this platform, this um, this movement to get really big, I'm really proud of them, you know, mm -hmm. because it's just showing how how strong they are and how vulnerable they can be to share these stories. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in them because uh, as a POC as well, um, they inspire me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I want to walk with them because their journey has always been hard, you mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah. I will always be a believer. <laughs> like you said, it started with them. Their injustice is so greater than mm -hmm. anyone else's. Mm -hmm. Their history is very deeply rooted mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
So why should we center the black and brown communities and why should we talk about centering the black and brown community and folks? Um, I, I think that it's really important that we center them. Like I said earlier that um, we are not free if the black and brown folks aren't free. And um, they didn't start, they didn't ask to be killed. And, um, and of course, right, the black and brown communities are the ones that look the scariest on, on social media, right, or on news. And, um, and of course, like, if you compare a black man or a white man, like, who would be killed first, right? Of course, the black man would, right? And that's like, it shows how, how unfair it is and, and how this world works. And so therefore, it's really important that we center them because everyone thinks that it's always their fault because they look scary and they're mean, right? And and because of the color on their skin that makes it harder for them to benefit from these privileges that they don't have, that we have. And with the privileges that we have, we can use that to help them and to really um, to really show up as like an ally, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside with what you said, uh, also, you know, talking about racism, right? Racism is taught and mm -hmm. growing up, a lot of people have been taught that these people are bad. These brown and black folks, they're bad and they're scary and you should always be super cautious of them, right? And um, we, we learn these things through, through our elders and through teachers mm -hmm. and through anyone who has educated us in our life that these are people that we should look out for that because they will harm us in a way, mm -hmm. but that's not true. And right. these stereotypes, they, these stereotypes, they, um, what's the word? They get talked into our minds that subconsciously we think about these things when we see images of black folks and brown folks. And it's that association, right? It's that very stereotypical racist association that these are people that we should not be friends with. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Right. right. How do we know how to undo racism if we are not going to step into those communities and learn something from them? Mm -hmm. Right. I think we should definitely center on them because these are their stories. These are their mm -hmm. experiences that mm -hmm. we will never experience, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and for us to listen and for us to be knowledgeable um, and that there can be a change. Mm -hmm. um, and this movement is very big on change, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? Uh, there's a lot of history that has, you know, been, uh, been recalled in schools mm -hmm. but it's just a whitewashed fucking history mm -hmm. yeah. 
it doesn't really center around them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, about how they're living now right. and how that history affects them now. Yeah. It's very much generational, um, what happened to them. And this is another movement to spread the awareness mm-hmm. so we can stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like alongside with like, you know, school education in terms of teaching black and brown history, mm-hmm. a lot of the times we learn about racism through white saviors, mm-hmm. right? right? And that's a very serious issue because it's we're not learning anything about these people if we're looking through the eyes of the white man, right? right? And the conversation doesn't even start until you talk to a black folk, you know, mm-hmm. you listen to them mm-hmm. and really just, you don't, you don't have to like understand cause you will never understand, but like, just, just know mm-hmm. <laughs> and be more mindful of your actions and mindful of who you are and just spreading the message. So that's why we should be centering on them. Mm-hmm. Because their lives do matter. Um, I know that like um, ever since uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States, that as well has really affected black and brown communities during his presidency because, you know, Donald Trump, he is a white supremacist, white Mm -hmm. man who does not see the eyes or does not try to understand the perception of a black or brown life, right? Right. And um, so let's let's talk about how you know how how did his presidency affect the black and brown communities? First off, the way that he talks about POC in general yeah. is mm-hmm. very 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 racist. Right. Yeah. It gives very like a lot of stereotypes to mm-hmm. a lot of folks, mm-hmm. um, and just deem them as bad people, deem them as um, criminals, Mm -hmm. you know, and he enables that. Mm -hmm. He is an enabler of uh, people staying in that mindset Mm -hmm. and just being able to treat them the way they want to treat the black folks in the Mm -hmm. black community. Mm -hmm. Um, And him not speaking upon that uh, just shows that he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And it really shows a lot through his own actions of how he had run America as yes. a president, you know, and especially in how he treats um, people of color, mm-hmm. and especially, right, like, black and brown communities. There was a really big thing about Donald Trump addressing the the rallies and the riots that should not have been addressed um he called a lot of the the community the black folk community like criminals Mm, and and people who were fighting for the wrong reason but he did not even allow to understand like why they're fighting so hard Mm -hmm. i think that's also um shedding light upon his character Mm -hmm. shedding light upon how white people don't care (laughs) and how They want to keep them in this system Mm -hmm. of power, you know? Yeah, it's just just a very obviously blatant 
ignorance that mm -hmm. they people like Donald Trump and you know white supremacists they will never want to try to understand or see in the light of what what black and brown folks go through mm -hmm. and it's like what Keo said it's like that it's that um what's it called enabling no it's that social hierarchy and that that class right that they will never be in that situation does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think like um not i think i know <laughs> um that because Donald Trump is a white man, a white male, um, he, because he can be ignorant and that shows, and that allows other white people to um, also be ignorant to these problems, right? Yeah. And that itself is a fucking privilege. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is white privilege. Yeah. That shit, you're done. <laughs> yeah. You're done. In terms of like white privilege, I mean, people who do you know benefit from white privilege, who are like in support of Black Lives Matter, I'm like you know very grateful that they have chosen to use their white privilege to 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 voice the Black Lives Matter movement and you know Black Lives as well, and um, I'm not like trying to like put these people on like a pedestal. I'm just trying to say that I'm glad that they're using the power that they that many other people don't have as uh, a way to show show that these things are real and they try to educate others as well. Mm -hmm. For example, sense? yeah. For example, I was thinking about a lot of videos that I saw mm -hmm. uh, when people were at rallies. Um, they would be there would be guards, cops hurting a lot of black folks, but as soon as like there was like a circle of like white people around them, they didn't touch them, mm -hmm. and that is white privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. That is the power that is seen in America a lot, mm -hmm. and so um, I know that the black and brown community can protect themselves, mm -hmm. but like it's just knowing that they have allies who don't that see the injustice and. They know that it needs to stop mm -hmm. um, and yeah I think about that a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that the color of your skin is really is 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 that apparent and um, socially injustice towards them when mm -hmm. they didn't even ask to be born that way mm -hmm. you know um, it's just just really sad to to know that in today's world the color of your skin depicts on how you will be treated mm -hmm. right well we know that like uh, in 2020 having rallies was very 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 big and it really brought upon the movement of black lives matter to full force and all in front of media um what do we think about that i enjoy that people even through sickness um, they banded together to continue to do the movement, to yeah. to march uh, with their brothers and their sisters for mm -hmm. this, because it is important. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that there's a lot of controversy with rallies, 
also being called riots. Um, that's a part of due to Donald Trump's um, administration and their social media saying that these are riots, you shouldn't go to them, they're violent. Um, mm -hmm. If you go to them, you would be arrested type of thing. Mm -hmm. Trying to instill fear to the black community, mm -hmm. the black and brown community, to mm -hmm. not have their voices be heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have they been qualified as riots and, like, you know, being told that that they're bad or that they're scary and that you should be afraid of them just just proves the fact that like you know white supremacists and anti-black folks they will always they will always like instill that you know black and brown communities should be something that you should be afraid of mm -hmm. no matter what situation right even if it's in even if it's just a movement for for justice and human rights right, right? And plus, like, they're called riots, but I don't know why, when mm -hmm. it's it's an expression of their anger, mm -hmm. you know, the expression of how much they've been holding in mm -hmm. as, as a community. Mm -hmm. um, so when they were, like, you, you know, um, going to Targets and Walmarts, doing that thing, um, people were really bashing on them, and I'm like, for why? Mm -hmm. These companies have so much money in insurance that they it will be fine. It's just not even a dent, right, you know, right. for what they have. Mm -hmm. So let them be angry. Right. Let them fucking feel, mm -hmm. you know, because it is their time, and it's always it's always going to be their time to feel and to be and to be speaking upon mm -hmm. what is happening. I think uh, what was it called when people were like breaking and stealing from stories, what was it called? There was a certain movement to it on its own. But yeah, I know I had a, a conversation with someone about like how, you know, people shouldn't do that nonetheless because it's considered, you know, stealing and breaking into stores. But mm -hmm. honestly, like, I could care less. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, just like what Keo said, you know, it's not gonna hurt these companies' pockets Mm -hmm. Because they make billions off of all of what they do, anyways. Mm -hmm. We yeah. And the rallies kind of really got really big because of who George Floyd. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys don't know, George Floyd is a, a black man who was killed um, by a police officer in Minnesota. Um, he was forcefully put down. Uh, with a knee on his the back of his neck and he died because of asphyxiation um the lack of not breathing and it became really big because of a video of proof of him saying that he cannot breathe which i also can relate to or can um go into like relation with eric garner mm -hmm. from new york mm -hmm. uh, another black man who was um, getting a chokehold from a policeman um, and even if they're voicing I can't breathe even if that they say all these things they're still not heard mm -hmm. even through death mm -hmm. and so the deaths of these people have impacted a lot of the black and brown community because it could be them mm -hmm. you know and it cannot be them anymore mm -hmm. it's like people have suppressed these come of these uh, communities right and it's like it's how how much can they suppress until it's it's enough right, right? 
how much can they hold back until this is how much can they hold back until these people start be start to become dehumanized mm -hmm. and not heard you know it's like the like they're not we, like we're not animals right right and so they shouldn't be treated like animals mm -hmm. right but they still are in this day mm -hmm. and in the society mm -hmm. yeah i was just like thinking that like um even like just like locally um because i've, I've attended like quite a bit of like rallies that are run by um people of color and specifically like um black and brown young women um and like even for, like for work like we would have to like safety plan yeah. like just in case like since we're showing up we need to have a plan about like in case things something might happen right um because of course white people <laughs> they're gonna probably show up and do something right because they don't support the 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 rally that is being held like our ed always reminds us like make sure you wear tennis shoes <laughs> you know in case like you need to run yeah. right and like thinking about like when we are fighting for our lives um and we want to we we just want our voices heard we're still fucking fighting for our own lives at the same time trying to make our voices heard mm -hmm. just in case something might happen to us right mm -hmm. And like just like thinking about like how fucked up that shit is, right? It is. Yeah. And that's what they've been going through this whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With even in past history with the Martin Luther King Jr. with um there's an event in Alabama where policemen were hosing down black folks. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. whole um, the whole civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. The whole right. civil rights mm -hmm. movement. And then again. History repeats itself, mm -hmm. where nothing really changed much mm -hmm. in their communities, mm -hmm. and now they're stepping up again to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we need the change, and we need the exposure for this to continue. Mm -hmm. But why is it being allowed to be continued? It's because of the police force, right? Mm -hmm. so why do you think the police was created in the first place slavery because the, the reason why they, it, it became police or a thing is because is to keep track of slaves when they run away mm -hmm. yeah like that that itself is like the history behind um the police like is super fucked up and you know and now it's like reshaped into something else like as if like they're better but really like guess what they're still targeting the black and brown communities they're still targeting black and brown folks it's not changing like it's not getting better their main reason why it started is still the fucking same even though they say that it's not you know mm -hmm. and guess who is still all a part of like the race population, right? White people. Yeah. And they hold that power. Yeah. Against them. Yeah. And who is still like, you know, running the system? White people. Yeah. Like you barely see people of color. But even if you do, then like, you know, 
those who people of color who are under like that system still have no say mm-hmm. yeah because it's so hard to decolonize um uh, racism or not de- decol- I mean to undo you know um racism and what that looks like for them right because mm-hmm. it's all a part of it's all part of the system yeah and it goes back to you know the U.S. Mm-hmm. constitute and mm-hmm. how this land was built from you know white mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. and how the government was created from mm-hmm. the white man and mm-hmm. everything instilled with that yep you know yeah and you know even after slavery was abolished you know with the with the 13th amendment you know um if you don't know the 13th amendment it's a uh, it's um in the US constitution section 1 neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the US state, United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction so you know slavery was abolished but it was still very prevalent that the police was taken away mm-hmm. black folks' rights, mm-hmm. even if the crimes were very, very little, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very petty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the day, they could arrest a black man walking into a shop that says whites only mm-hmm. or using a whites only uh, water fountain yeah. mm-hmm. or quote unquote trespassing mm-hmm. by you know a white only store Mm -hmm. and those things are just a loophole for america to keep them in slavery yeah because being in prison is slavery Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was just like really really bad like someone could just like have like littered on the floor oh you're going to fucking jail because Mm -hmm. you littered it's like what oh oh, you're going to jail that's that's 35 years Mm -hmm. you know and even even now with like um like weed charges right mm-hmm. if if you compare the comparison of when a white man has weed and when a black person has weed you know the sentences are different right right even if it's the same situation mm-hmm. i think also the police force um they have a um sense of power mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um because they work for the government. Mm-hmm. You know, they work for a system that can uphold all these rules. Mm-hmm. And so they get away with a lot of uh, power. Yeah. So even if someone, a policeman and a black man, get into an altercation. Um, so they, they, they abuse the they power. Abuse they abuse the power. Right. Because they have that title, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That I am the police. Mm-hmm. And that abuse of power needs to stop. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big move, big part of the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. Because they realize it. They see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being targeted every single day. Not knowing if you're going to be stopped for you accidentally running a red light. Mm-hmm. You know? And you possibly getting shot. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the fear that a lot of black folks go through. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... And so it's like, why, why do they have that power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want y'all to think about like, you know, the the police force has mostly been run by by white white folks for the longest time. You know, imagine the first black police officer, right? Mm-hmm. 
how fucking hell it must have been for that one person and mm-hmm. how much they went through just because they were a person of color that wasn't white, you know? Mm-hmm. How even though they all serve under the same law and have the same titles, how they were treated so much more different, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, the the entitlement of the police force has obviously given them the power to, you know, abuse black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, there are more police activity in black and brown communities. And it's because they target them. Mm-hmm. Because they seem like, oh, they're going to be the ones who do the most damage to a community, to a neighborhood, to a city. Mm-hmm. But that's just not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really not true. Um, no. Well, I know what you mean. Like, I know that uh, um, police do policing more in rundown areas where the population of the um, rundown areas are black folks and brown folks, right? Because just like what we mentioned before, it's that it's that class, right? It's the it's that that brown folks and black folks they will never be able to reach that certain class, mm-hmm. and so they know that they need to police those more low class and rundown areas mm-hmm. because of that the communities are mostly run from black and brown folks, right? Mm-hmm. And that is obviously a very serious issue because. Because, you know, people who are in higher class, they probably have done worse shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think about it, right? Because mm-hmm. they have the money to hide it, right. right? Or their skin color is just a thing that they can they get can away get with. Away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like billionaires and millionaires, they can get away with so much shit because they have the money to do so. Yeah. And because they're either white, mm-hmm. right? What are your guys' thoughts on police brutality against black folks? We talked a lot about um, the killings, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just even about the killings. It's just about everyday life of a black folk, right? Um, that they're always constantly being watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always constantly being targeted. Right. And that is a, that is a thing that, they need, that, that needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, the police force, I mean, if you look at the prisons, they're majorly populated by black folk. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that it gives away the opportunity for them to grow and their communities to grow. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that sense, I think that is a brutal thing that hinders their community, mm-hmm. that so much of them are locked up away mm-hmm. for very petty crimes, very small crimes. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot about, like, um, of course, like, we see it here, too, because we live in a very white town, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I know that where, where we live, we usually have, like, a certain spot where we say, oh, yeah, that's the ghetto, mm-hmm. right? And um, and when, when people name it like that, and that's when you know that, like, that's where the low class, and which is mainly, like, um, uh, not low class, low income folks mm-hmm. and mainly like the black and brown community live in, right? And when you go to that area, 
all you see are cars everywhere. Yeah. Right? But they compare to when you go to a rich white neighborhood, yeah. there's barely any cops, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's how it shows how fucked up, right, um, it really is and who they will put down first, right? I think about that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so fucked up. It is. And you think about how these low-income families, they don't have money to afford many things, mm-hmm. many, many like nece- necessities, right? right? And that's why people advert to stealing because mm-hmm. they don't have the money to... Right. To afford the things that they need, right. like, like um, for women, like like pads and tampons, mm-hmm. right? Some people, some families, they don't have the money to afford that. Mm-hmm. But these these are necessities that you need because we, our bodies, this is how we live, right? And also just like food, mm-hmm. right? The 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 more middle class and you know people with more income. They can afford these things because they have the money to do so. But when when are we also giving back to the lower income families who don't have the privileges that um, the upper middle class do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I understand why uh, I understand why people would steal right. in terms of when they really need something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially because, like, prices nowadays, things are really, really fucking expensive, yeah. right? Like, especially if you have kids, diapers, mm-hmm. they're really fucking expensive, yeah. right? Baby formula. Baby formula is fucking expensive, too, mm-hmm. right? And, like, buying the right water for your child, mm-hmm. also really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, really thinking about it, too, like, um, white, the white system had built that area and throwing low-income folks in that area mm-hmm. you know and like that itself is also super fucked up right because they know that this is going to happen and that this is what they can do and have control of um because these are low-income in- folks and knowing that because they don't have money and they're going to steal and this is how they can police them and, and throw them yes and monitor mm-hmm. them and throw them into jail right um, but in terms of police, police like brutality itself, just you know, the obvious abuse against someone else, right? It really is unnecessary, right? Violence should always be last, right? Yep, I believe so too. Um, there's so many instances where black folks they are confronted with the police, mm-hmm. and they ask, simply ask, "What did I do wrong?" You know, and that is considered talking back. That is considered um, obstructing, you know, mm-hmm. a policeman's commands mm-hmm. and not following what they're saying. Right. right. When they have every right to know what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, most of the times, they did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the the stereotypes of the, oh, this person may be armed. This person may be violent mm-hmm. when they're really not. Or this person may be intoxicated which is not the right assumption to come right. into a situation like that. Right. Um, the police force needs to really uphold new new techniques on approaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to stop racially profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really huge thing right. um, with that situation because 
uh, even if you're looking for someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of police stop black folks mm-hmm. because their identification is, oh, there's a black folk that is um, charged with this misdemeanor or this felony. And if you find them with this type of car or um, with this description, then you need to hunt them down. Mm-hmm. And that is just putting a huger target on other innocent like black folks backs mm-hmm. but i just think that the violence that's put on on them with the force like of choking of hurting them physically uh and shooting them needs to come last mm-hmm. um they need to have better conflict resolution skills mm-hmm. to confront these folks mm-hmm. and communication is was already really big with them right. you know why am I being stopped? Right. Why are you Why are you here, you know, um, stopping me? Why do I need to show you my ID mm-hmm. type of thing? Mm-hmm. And it's already like they come up to them having the assumption that they did something wrong, mm-hmm. which needs to be stopped. Yeah. I was just reminded because um, in high school, I took, I forgot what class it was called. It was some social justice class. And um, our teacher showed us uh, an ad. I think it was like one of the Jenners, I believe. Or is it Kardashian? <laughs> Jenner. <laughs> oh, it's Jenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot her name. Okay. Not not Kylie. Kendall. Kendall. Yes. yes. <laughs> her. She did like this ad. Um, Pepsi. Yes, Pepsi. and and it had like where it was like police brutality and like, right? Oh, and yeah. like there are so many things wrong with that, right? Because yes. one, like she's not a black or brown person and like and two like she's casually handing a police pop and thinking that that will solve everything that is going on in the world but like no that's not how it is because if it's a black person or a brown person like obviously they would be put down Mm -hmm. they would be fucking shot yeah it it was really bad yeah for, for, for the people who don't know the ad so the ad basically was there was um a rally of um uh black and brown folks um doing a rally and they were being barricaded with a bunch of uh, police officers, right? And then uh, Kendall shows up with Pepsi and she hands Pepsi cans to the police and boom, suddenly everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Racism is solved. That's not the fucking that's case. Not the, what? <laughs> yeah, it was really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in reality, it's really not like that, right? I mean, yes, right? If it was a white person, then obviously they would get away with that, right? But then if it was a black or a brown person, like, obviously they would be killed. Yeah. Shot. And and it shows, right, that the system is so fucked up. It is. To talk more about, I just thought of it, um, about police brutality is like when they were in the rallies, police would have rubber bullets shooting at the crowds Mm -hmm. when they're having a peaceful rally, Mm -hmm. you know, holding up signs, having cheers. Mm -hmm. Um, It got so bad to the point where um, a lot of neighborhoods uh, in the black and brown community, they were also being shot at when they're just stepping out of their own home, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that power to instill fear to not come outside your house is the control that they have over them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really wrong. It's really right. fucked up. Right. And um, police brutality is real. Mm-hmm. No matter what other people try to say that, 
no, they're just doing their job. That's no, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doing way too much mm-hmm. for their job description. And it's only to what? Try to stop this movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's to control the communities and the crowds of angry people. But it's like when these people, they're not sitting down to listen to them, right? They're only there to control them from stop to to stop them saying anything, mm-hmm. right? And trying to suppress what they're trying to be heard with mm-hmm. in this government. Mm-hmm. Because it all starts with the president, with the government, and how they run their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, something I really wanted to talk about as well was during the Black Lives Matter hashtag with all the um, rallies and the police brutality um, and things uh, and with the presidency of Trump white supremacists and anti-black folks started hashtagging their own hashtag, hashtag all lives matter, right? Um, and there's so many things wrong with that hashtag mm-hmm. for very obvious reasons mm-hmm. because, you know, Black Lives Matter is the movement to bring upon the voice of the, of black lives, right? right? And it's to bring the importance of these people, right? And... All Lives Matter just invalidates everything that that black folks are fighting for. Right. Right. What are you guys' thoughts on All Lives Matter? Oh, go ahead. All Lives Matter is a bunch of bullshit, you know? It's a bunch of bullshit to keep the system that they have right now because they're comfortable. The people who say All Lives Matter is because they don't want black people to speak and to try to keep the comfort of their own ignorance. Mm -hmm. Because they... All they see is all from social media. They will never have that experience of a black person, mm-hmm. you know. And so they want to stay blinded by the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Don't insert yourself in a situation that doesn't even involve you. Exactly. And that just makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had my fair share of people, of arguing with people, why all lives matter is so invalidating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, why do you have the audacity Mm-hmm. This is not even about you. Mm-hmm. This is comparing, like, you you going to your friend's funeral, your friend's mom's funeral, and then you saying, oh, wait, my cat just died. I'm so sad. Nah, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really angry at people who say all lives matter because it's not about you. Right. It's not about you. Right. And you don't even have the... The, the openness to learn about why they are chanting the way they're chanting, why they're fighting so hard for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, I mean, I, I echo <laughs> you. <laughs> but yeah, I was just going to say that it makes me really angry too when I hear that um, because like, it's like, why the fuck are you saying that shit when, because that, that's very invalidating, um, especially to the black and brown community. Because, like, there's a reason why that hashtag Black Lives Matter is created. And there's, an, there's a reason why they're angry, right? And when you, when you say all lives matter, that invalidates their experiences um, and their feelings. And, of course, and it's because, right, like you said, they are the most targeted 
and that is why they're fighting for their life and this and they shouldn't even have to fight for their lives right but because of how the system how society had built this you know like that it's come to this right and that again it's very invalidating mm -hmm. so don't fucking say that shit mm -hmm. <laughs> because like again like keel said right it's not about you but it's about them and this is why it's important that we center black and brown communities um because they're fighting every day every second um for their life right just because of the color of their skin you know, I just hated how they try to advert from, you know, black and brown folks to we understand that it's all, you know, that, you know, black people, they're suffering. But what about everyone else? And it's mm -hmm. like, no, it's not about everyone right now. Right. It's about it's about black and brown people right now. Right. 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 And if we all really just want to come into a union, if you really want to state your all lives matter, then why aren't you focusing on them? Yeah. You know, because they are a part of America as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just some other species. They're humans. Mm -hmm. You know, they're citizens of this country. Right. So you should also fucking listen to them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just. <laughs> that even like goes to like back the badge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking signs. Yeah. Fucking you know, like shit. it's not about the fucking police, right? The reason why um there's so much anger and hatred towards the police is because they're the main fucking reason why the black and brown communities are dying, mm -hmm. right? They're fighting for their life because of them. It all started because of them. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you fucking back the badge, you're, you're done. done. <laughs> you're you're done. fucking done. done. <laughs> It's like, it's like, I don't care. Like, for me, I have a father who's also in the police force, right? But he 100% supports BLM because he understands that, like, he sees it, you know? He sees that the way that they're running the system is horrible, mm -hmm. you know? And that he sees that the racial profiling and the brutality is something that's not right and that we, all, we, should, all for, we should all be pushing for the peace, for the unity, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I tell my dad every day, you know? be fucking mindful mm -hmm. <laughs> be fucking mindful for who you fucking run into mm -hmm. and he knows like violence is not the answer it never is it never was mm -hmm. um don't fucking back the badge mm -hmm. their system the way they run um police force is really fucked up they literally only have months of training mm -hmm. months of training and to do what to protect the country to protect the city who are they protecting? Mm -hmm. They're protecting white people. Right. They're protecting a white system. Mm -hmm. And they're targeting black folks. Mm -hmm. I think I told y'all before, but um, I know someone who, he was technically part of like the police force, but he worked in criminal justice. And he didn't specifically say that, you know, he supports the badge and, you know, back the badge. But... It was very obvious that he was like, why can't black people just listen? And that's also bring attention to the problem of the whole system thing again. And it's like, you don't understand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a conversation of, you know, the obvious abuse of the police, even if these black folks do listen. Right. Right. And there's like a lot of layers to why they why they can't just listen, listen. Yes. right? Because you know, again, they were thrown into like low income areas, you know, 
there's a lot of layers to that shit that had led up to why they don't fucking listen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why they're fucking fighting for mm-hmm. their lives. And also just that how how black and brown folks, they, they were taught to be afraid of the police, right? For that mm-hmm. same reason that they will hit you and they mm-hmm. will kill you, mm-hmm. they will come after you, mm-hmm. right? And that's super fucked up as well. Imagine just being born and, oh, you have to be careful of the police because right. of the color of your skin, right? right? Yeah. So... Again, all lives matter. Super fucking invalidating of the Black Lives Movement, obviously, because it it creates the distraction of the real issue with um, the U.S. government and the police and the years and years of racism towards black people, right? Mm-hmm. I just fucking hate it when people try to like rebuttal and say like cops die too bitch bitch (laughs) (laughs) the amount (laughs) the amount of black folks that die due to police brutality is so much higher than the police themselves there is a big conversation where we had was like the the police doesn't want to kill the black man either but they still do it anyway you know, mm-hmm. they still do it anyway because of the color of their skin, because of the the stereotypes of feeling like you're threatened. Mm-hmm. They should not be threatening in your mm-hmm. eyes. You know, there's so many cases where where a white man is holding an actual aren't like a, a weapon, mm-hmm. and the police can just detain them without hurting them. Mm-hmm. And why is that not the case with a black man? Mm-hmm. You know, why? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why BLM fights so hard, mm-hmm. you know. And also, I want to talk about how the police, they, the, the police, they can get away with it, right? right? They can get away with it. Right. Because they did it under the name of the law. They, they, they did it out of what, self-defense, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, even during the trials of, like, uh, George Floyd and, like, Breonna Taylor's, Self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. Self-defense and um, what was that kid's name again? Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. Self-defense. Right? Yes. He like, was... Self-defense. Yes. It's like, this could have been done without the use of violence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, these police officers, they, they get away with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I keep forgetting his name, but, um. Trayvon Martin, he, the the person that, that that killed them, George Zimmerman, he he he's not he didn't go to jail, he didn't go to prison, right? He he got off as a free man out of self defense, right? Just because he thought that he was armed, armed, and that he was dangerous, mm-hmm. that he he could have been dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And that's very it, it makes you angry. It's like you did not need to shoot this person. Only if you had talked to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And also, he is a kid. Mm-hmm. He's a kid who was unarmed, mm-hmm. walking back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And just hearing that story is like, instills fear for the black and brown community mm-hmm. that anything could happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why BLM is really speaking upon those things, speaking upon those stories, because it's a very real reality for them mm-hmm. that they have to live every day. Mm-hmm.
I know this story because it kind of like resonated with me because I was so angry about it. I just forgot his name, but he was a he was a teenager and he was shot in the middle of the street and after he had died, he had been shot more. Mm. Yeah, out of self-defense, right? Mm -hmm. He thought that he was going to come back to, to harm the police, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to look at the article, but I still remember that. And I think, like, how sad it is that even after death, he was still being shot. Right. Yeah. Because they're not animals. Right. They have emotions. They have minds and thoughts of their own as well. Mm -hmm. But that's how they're viewed. Someone dangerous. Something dangerous. It needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. I think that um, BLM is also really fighting for the, the prosperity for black lives. Mm -hmm. You know? For them to harness opportunities and to better themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah, to it. build it. Okay, go on. Michael Brown. Michael Brown Jr., 18-year-old black man, fatally shot by 28-year-old white Ferguson police uh, officer Darren Wilson. Um, he was... Johnson said that Wilson initiated a confrontation by grabbing Brown by the, by the neck through his car window, threatening him and shooting at him. At this point, both Wilson and Johnson state that Brown and Johnson fled with Wilson pursuing Brown shortly thereafter. Wilson stated that Brown stopped and charged after charged at him after a short pursuit. Uh, Johnson contradicted this account, stating that Brown turned around with his hands raised after Wilson shot at his back. According to Johnson, Wilson then shot Brown multiple times after Brown, uh, Brown fell to the ground. In the altercation, um, Wilson fired a total of 12 bullets, including two during the struggle in the car, and the last probably was the fatal shot uh, Brown was stuck, struck six times all in the front of his body as he was laying on the floor of the road. Um, yeah. That is so sad. It mm -hmm. is. You know, he obviously raised his hands and as if, like, you know, put your hands up type of thing. Is as of, um, even, even at a white flag, mm -hmm. they still shoot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense mm -hmm. when they're defenseless. They've already put their hands up and succumb to the power, mm -hmm. you know? They still get killed. Mm -hmm. So fuck, protect the badge. Mm -hmm. So why should we stay educated and continue to educate others about BLM? Um, I think that knowledge is power, <laughs> um, and with the knowledge that you have, you can help others, um, and especially when it comes to this kind of case, um, and staying educated, um, because what they need most is help, right? Like I said earlier, like the privileges that we have and that they don't have, then we can use that to our own benefits and to, and to help them, um. And uh, and to continue educating others, like that is so important because when you don't educate others, then like right, um, no one will know. And 
it's it's really important but also sometimes it may not be your job to educate others depending who <laughs> yeah um and you should be getting paid if you're doing this for you know like a system like school for example <laughs> you should be getting paid to educate teachers or even if it's about like training right because you are telling them your trauma your experiences as a person of color like especially you should get paid for this because you you shouldn't do things for free because white people take advantage of you and that's how they take advantage of you and um but yes but it is also your job to to educate young people um because young people are very smart because i feel like we always think that young people don't know anything but in reality like they they know mm -hmm. they're very very smart and they are the change <laughs> you know um stay educated <laughs> yeah um for me um i had it in my head no i forgot cool what was i gonna say no i was gonna say nothing will change if nothing is said that's what i always believe and um i've always growing up i've always had the conversation to myself if something makes me uncomfortable why can't i speak up about it right and talking about racism makes up people uncomfortable mm -hmm. yes definitely talking about racism even in any setting makes people uncomfortable to talk about because mm -hmm. we become afraid of what we will say we become afraid of what people will think of us and um yeah like i said not, nothing will change if nothing is said so that's why i always try to call out people who who make racist and ignorant remarks or are simply people who do not care for to educate themselves on such worldly matters such as black lives matter right um and if you don't say anything about it to them or try to educate them about them they will not change right mm -hmm. they will not listen mm -hmm. they will not care and they will not look to see what's going on mm -hmm. yeah because the world does not revolve around you mm -hmm. there's so many so many other people that are living around it um i i had an instance where i heard a bunch of white people in my college dorm in my freshman year talking about how ethnic studies is not important and i was like that's really fucking offensive you know people's history and people's voices and their stories should be heard mm -hmm. you encounter different types of people every day mm -hmm. and how dare you only think that your culture or your your lifestyle is the only thing that will be that you will encounter mm -hmm. you know and i think that educating yourself and going continue to learn more about black folks and their their history and what they go through and talking to them you know or just even listening to them and just taking in their story will help you a lot through your life mm -hmm. we're in america we're not homogeneous mm -hmm. you know we we have a population that is very diverse and so for you to be close-minded to not want to learn is very disappointing.
for your own mind. <laughs> it just tells you what type of person that you are. Mm -hmm. um, it's really disgusting. It's very ugly, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. You're an ugly ass person <laughs> if you don't <laughs> open yourself up to learning new things about people, learning about BLM and why people are fighting for it every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very, very also invalidating, right? Because mm -hmm. I know in my high school, we also teach ethnic studies. Mm -hmm. And I know some people in the class have just said that they take the class to get an easy A, right? Mm -hmm. Like how, how invalidating yeah. it is to these people of color who are just trying to get their voice heard, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Also, like, racism is taught, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Racism is taught. And it can be undone if you are, if you open yourself to educate on undoing racism, mm -hmm. right? Because in the end, it depends on you and how you want to change, mm -hmm. right? You can't change someone who doesn't want to change, but if you can, you can do it, mm -hmm. right? So how do we stay connected or um, connect with like the black and brown community um, to continue bringing awareness? I think it's important to have conversations about people with this, mm -hmm. whether you are black or not. Mm -hmm. um, like I said before, talking about racism makes people uncomfortable mm -hmm. and it makes people uncomfortable and it's hard for people to understand if they do not know, mm -hmm. right? But uh, definitely, no matter what, talk to people about it, right? How do you feel about this? What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you not know? Mm -hmm. What do you want to know, mm -hmm. right? I think that's something important to communicate with other people about communities mm -hmm. and movements. Mm -hmm. I would say like even like connecting with your local orgs, organizations, <laughs> um, and showing up to um, rallies that are run by um, black and brown folks. Because when you show up, it, it, it really shows them that you, you care. Mm -hmm and that you actually want to be a part of the movements and that you want to help fight with them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it means a lot to them, especially when they're the ones who are running this um, event or this, this rally. So show up. <laughs> if you are an ally and you claim to be an ally, show up, right? Because if you claim to be an ally and you don't show up, then like, then why? Why do you claim to be an ally when you don't show up, period, right? Um, and I think it's also very invalidating to them as well when you say that you, you are an ally, but you don't show up to any of their, like, events or, or rallies. When they, that's when they need you the most because they're fighting for their life. Their life is on the line, you know, just creating something like this. I think that we should stay connected um, with the black and brown community by supporting also their small businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they work really hard for their money. They're hustlers. They're entrepreneurs. There's so many out there that are outshined by white companies or get stolen ideas, you know, or mm -hmm. white companies steal their ideas yeah. and steal their culture. That uh, goes along with a lot of uh, 
what was it called cultural appropriation yeah. you know uh, that's on social media so um, I believe that you should definitely support your black businesses your local black businesses um, you should definitely shout them out you know if you have the power to mm -hmm. you know um, share with your friends with your family um, like Nudie said, um, talking to them too is very important. Um, I think that you have to, uh, you should open yourself up to having a conversation like that if they only are comfortable mm -hmm. with it, mm -hmm. you know, to gather more information for yourself to how to help them, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. fight alongside yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. I, also, I also want to bring up, it may be a bit controversial to some people but um, posting on social media mm -hmm. right a lot of people say it as it's just performative activism as I mean by why would you post something and not do anything about it kind of thing mm -hmm. um, but even just like a small post that shows that you care that you are aware and that you support shows a lot as well as your character and how you support these communities, right? Mm -hmm. And also connecting with them too is just like, just supporting them in general. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a, a black friend, a black, uh, a brown friend, um, reach out to them, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's important that they're heard, um, that you listen, um, and want to fight alongside. Mm -hmm. um, and then bringing that awareness to people who are around you that are ignorant of it, right? Um, just not, you don't speak for them, mm -hmm. but you just make sure that they're aware that these are real situations that happen to them. Mm -hmm. So how do you become an ally to them? And how does being an ally look to you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, Kind of like what I not kind of like what I said earlier. <laughs> um, I think it's really just showing up, right, um, to their events, like any kind of events that they have, because again, it really shows them that you fucking care and that you want to be a part of it. Um, and it, like I said earlier, if when you show up, it, it shows them that like this person really wants to help us, right? And and when you show up, it's like knowing that like you are also fighting with them. Um, because that's what they need most, right? Is support from everyone um, that that knows that people are dying, like you know, black lives are being taken, black and brown, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, just really show up, really support them, buy their things, uh, whatever they ask you to do, just do it, <laughs> yeah. I also think like motivating the, the black and brown youth, um, mm -hmm. motivating them to aspire their dreams because I think that a lot of people just always push them down, mm -hmm. um, motivating them to push harder for what they want in life mm -hmm. because um, a lot of times there's a lot of people who come from um, like not very uh, high income families mm -hmm. who may think that it will, their dreams will never be able to happen, but they can, mm -hmm. you know. They have 100% ability to, and all they need is support, you know, um, that's, that's another way that you can become an ally, um, educating your children, mm -hmm. you know, educating your, um, your family, mm -hmm. um, as an ally to them.
yeah. spreading the word of constantly, you know, when you see news reports, spreading that word to them on mm-hmm. social media to people and having that conversation mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, talk about it. Obviously, it's very important. Ask questions, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know, make people think about these things. Make people feel something about these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't even matter if you are black or brown or not. You could be anyone asking these questions, mm-hmm. right? How do you feel about the Black Lives Matter? How do you feel about all these people dying? You know, how do you feel about the police, right? Mm-hmm. And also being an ally is instilling that change, mm-hmm. whether in your in your work, you know, in your career, if you have the ability to change it, then fucking change it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, You're what, not... Like, what, what can we do better about this situation, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that situation, right? Yeah, and so instilling that change when you have the power to is also being an ally, mm-hmm. you know, and not staying quiet about the power that you have which, with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to add on, too, that, like... Um, if you know that you have the benefits that you that you benefit from the system because of course you may or you probably do have more privileges than compared to a black or a brown person this is how you can be an ally right you use the benefits that you have from the system and you can protect or be or fight along with you know um the black and brown community mm-hmm. that's how you can be an ally especially if you're a white person because you benefit from the system you have the most privileges and that's how you can use your white privilege in a good way <laughs> i also think signing petitions to yes. instill that change is very mm-hmm. important as well mm-hmm. um sign as many petitions as you can Mm-hmm. spread the word of the petition so more people can also sign it as well mm-hmm. because it starts all with us mm-hmm. you know to help them with their change mm-hmm. to have them prosper because mm-hmm. they're already doing it themselves mm-hmm. so this concludes our episode for today uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is not a trend um, it is the black and brown community's lives, their stories, and their experiences that they live every day in our society. Let this be a reminder for everyone to stay educated. This is the reality of today's America, and it even happens outside of America. Um, but this is what we have experienced ourselves and he- heard from ourselves. The spread of awareness is so important for those who are ignorant of these realities and the uncomfortableness of death. So, if you want to find more information about the movement of Black Lives Matter, it can be reached at www.everyblm.com. Our next episode will be about beauty, makeup, and fashion, as per request of one of our listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye!